This week on Erotic Awakening, Kinky and Geeky. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. Can't talk on a corpse run. A corpse run. <laughs> We haven't done that in ages. <laughs> if you are an old school geek, uh-huh. you got that. Right. And today's show is about being kinky and geeky. A little echoey in the uh, studio today. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to come across, but definitely a little echoey and bright. <laughs> it is echoey and bright in the studio, but that is because the studio is 90% taken down. Mm-hmm. We are on our way to newer and bigger digs. Awesome. The only thing left in the uh, studio right now is, of course, the microphone. <laughs> and the bed. <laughs> and our slave, and slave. jam. Yay! <laughs> bed, podcast, slave, got it. <laughs> I could even live without the podcast equipment. We could still have a nice little party in there here. There you go. <laughs> so today we are talking kinky and geeky, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But I wanted to start off by talking about something from last week. Mm. That uh, not too many shows ago we did uh, BDSM spirituality, right? And you and our slave Jim and myself and about twenty of our friends just did a BDSM spiritual ritual. We did indeed. So um, this one was designed. This is the second time we've done, third time we've done ritual like this. So um, you've done one and I've done one, and this one involved. Uh, Ritual. I, I don't know how else to explain it. It was a Wiccan circle designed ritual, but it also used BDSM practices to create change. So, therefore, sacred sexuality, BDSM, and spirituality. Yep. Got a lot of feedback from our previous BDSM spirituality podcast. Mm-hmm. And as you and I continue to experience this kind of stuff, we'll continue to... Um, gather information and put together another podcast for this stuff. I think there's a lot of interest in BDSM spirituality and it was very neat to be part of your ritual. It was awesome. It really was. So like I said, 20 friends helped helped us out with this and some of them had no clue what we were going to do. Some have no background in what ritual is like this. Some have no background in or idea what we were trying to do, but the energy was phenomenal. So it was great. Mm-hmm. It sure was, sure was. So, Jim, did you um, did you do anything to get in the Christmas for Corsets contest? I haven't yet. I did. <laughs> okay. You cannot be a winner. Aww. You can't win things that we do for contest, and we can't, and on the other hand, we can't have a contest where the prize is a date with me. Aww. That's just purely self-serving, obviously. <laughs> We want something that people will actually be interested in. And hopefully people are interested in owning a brand new corset. Our Christmas for Corsets 
or Corset for Christmas contest. <laughs> Christmas for Corsets. It's my damn podcast. <laughs> I'll call it what I want. Is still running, and mm-hmm. if you would like your own corset, it's easy enough to get. Jim, tell them how to get their own corset. All you have to do is get the word out about the podcast. One of the ways to do it is to tweet or to maybe post like on a, a forum somewhere. No spamming. Um, you can also um, give us a call and let us know that you've got the word out. You know, just kind of telling friends. There you go. Nice. That's all we're trying to do. Get the word out. Tell somebody. Like Jem said, tweet about it. Mm-hmm. Tell somebody at a party. Whatever. I don't care. And let us know that you did it. So on December 8th, we'll announce our winner from everyone that's entered. And somebody's getting a brand new corset. And you can see a picture of that corset out on our website, bluecatservices.org. It's beautiful. It's, it is very <laughs> nice. Other than that, oh, I know what I want. Speaking of corsets, so we actually took one of these corsets and we donated it to a group in Minnesota. Let me tell you about this real quick. There's a BDSM club in Minnesota called MSDB, and you can find them at msdb-mn.org. And what they're doing on December 5th, they are hosting their 10th annual Bizarre Bazaar. Bizarre Bazaar? Bizarre Bazaar? No, it's Bizarre Bazaar. (laughs) Regardless, the event brings in members from all facets of the community, and they're doing a silent auction a fundraiser for the NCSF. If you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you've heard my pro-NCSF stance. And if NCSF is the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, and they are a, a group that is committed to creating uh, political and legal and a social environments here in the U.S. that advances the rights of consenting adults who happen to engage in alternative sexual and rep- relationship expressions. Yay. There are buddies. Yes. Yeah. So So we uh, heard about the club in Minnesota having the Bizarre Bazaar, (laughs) sent them a corset, and they're going to auction that off, and all that proceeds are going to the NCSF. So if you don't win the contest, you can head out to Minnesota and just auction and buy it from that. That would be awesome. So that's another way to get a hold of that. Anything else that I want? Corsets for everybody. There is no reason someone should not be going home with a corset. Corsets for all the ladies, (laughs) kilts for all the guys, and it would just be a wonderful life. Absolutely. Except for in wintertime. I don't know if that would work. My understanding is that there is only about 30 tickets left for Winter Wickedness. That is what we heard just a few minutes ago. Winter Wickedness is the event here in Columbus, Ohio. And as a matter of fact, instead of us telling you about it, Mm-hmm. Let's make Barak and Sheba, the people that run this event, tell you about it. Hi, is Barak there? Yes. Hey, Barak, this is Dan. Hey, Dan. How you doing? I'm doing. And hey. you're like on the Erotic Awakening podcast, and we called you up to ask you about winter wickedness. Oh, man, I'm surprised you caught me. It's been crazy here. Well, you're getting close. I understand there's not a whole lot of tickets left. No, we probably have uh, just under 30 left, and it's... Uh, we're still nine weeks out from the event. So you're going to sell out pretty soon. Um, I would say it's, it's what, Wednesday or Thursday now? I would say probably by the end of this weekend. So, wow. So at the point people hear this, they better run, be running out there and buying tickets. I would I say think- so. I would say so. It's probably, you know, I mean, we're going to have a waiting list like we always do. And traditionally we have, you know, somewhere between 10 and 15 people cancel. So it, it does work out for some of the first people on the waiting list. But better not wait. Right. 
that's I would suggest yeah not waiting. So you get a lot of world class presenters this time around. We do. We have an amazing, an absolutely amazing lineup of presenters. I know we got Nina Hartley as our keynote speaker, right? Right, right, and you know, and a lot of people really, you know, kind of downplay her, her, her importance in the sex industry. She is, she is, you know, everybody says, oh, you know, that's that porn star from the from the eighties and nineties. Well, yes, she is. However, she is also a a sex positive author. She is a um, an amazing uh, cinematographer with her husband Ernest Green. She is. Um, Involved in the kink community um, personally, not just uh, on the on the screen. And she's a, she's a, she's a remarkable um, sex positive ad, advocate in the in the community and in uh, in uh, for for creative sexual expression at large. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we did we have run across her before, and um, you know, nice person to be around, and can't wait to see her again. Mm. And she's you know, I mean. I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I grew up when she was, when she was at the pinnacle of her porn career, and mm-hmm. you know, I personally, I feel like I already know her. <laughs> <laughs> Intimately. <laughs> Intimately. So, what are you guys going to have for uh, new people this time around? I know a lot of times we have people that are nervous about attending these, and they won't know what to do, and uh, they won't know anyone there. Well, we've been uh, we've been utilizing uh, FetLife as a as an outlet. Uh, you know, FetLife is a is a socialing uh, fetish social um, uh, networking system online, and it is it's it's been a, an, an amazing instrument in getting the word out there about our events. It's also been uh, really great at helping our attendees uh, who are online or, or who are at. FetLife uh, at www.fetlife.com. Cheap plug for, for them, um, but it's 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 great because it gives them people an opportunity to kind of see who's out there and see who's going, and uh, start talking to the potential attendees and and meeting people that they might not have met, you know, kind of breaking the ice so to speak. And that's before the event. During the event, we have uh, our traditional armbands, which are we have uh, red armbands for dominance or people who are on the top side of things who are interested in in playing. We have blue armbands for those who are on the bottom side of things and uh, are interested in in being met or played with by others. And we we also have green armbands for people who who swing both sides of the flogger, either being struck by or being uh, um, or swinging it. And then we have, um, you know, we've been petitioned by a lot of people who identify as queer or GLBT, and they have uh, really put forth an effort to get a rainbow uh, armband on, and we've we put that on for them because we have a huge contingent of of, of uh, GLBT people who are interested in, in attending our events because we're very we're very gender neutral. We we um, we welcome everybody of any orientation or, or, or gender expression, and um, it's just a wonderful place to, for, for both new and experienced people to to uh, to have a great time. Very cool, very cool. Now, we've already been going on on the podcast about all the different workshops and classes that you're going to bring in. Mm-hmm. And um, as always, I know you're going to bring in top-notch vendors. We talked about this earlier, and a couple of our favorites are going to be there. Okay. 
and we went through this big long list of all the presenters you have. But um, you know, there's one, one more question if you don't mind. Uh, just <laughs> just sure. between you and me and our uh, two or three listeners, <laughs> who's the secret presenter? Oh, oh, the secret presenter. It's a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh come on! Yeah. Just for no, oh you didn't. No, you didn't hear that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh, it's easy. It's just, you know, it's a gentleman who's who's, and I'll give you the hint that it, that it is male. Um, our, our special secret presenter is is male, and he's from, and he's very, um, he's very uh, amazing at what he's going to be teaching, and uh, so there's a lot of people who are interested in seeing when he comes to our event. Well, I think we're going to keep. We're, we might have to send in the, our spies or something, get a little bit of information. <laughs> Barrett, thank you very much for spending a little time with us tonight, and we are looking forward to uh, Winter Wickedness. It's been become one of our favorite events, and um, man, you, you, just a matter of nine weeks just seems like a real long time at this point. Well, it does. It does. It seems you know. It seems like it's going to be forever, but you'll snap your fingers and it'll be here. And in the meantime, you know, I'll, I'll give you some cheap plugs here. Um, in the meantime, if you're if you're if Wicked is too far away and you're really interested in having a great time, uh, AIS is throwing a club takeover party at Club Princeton here in Columbus on December the 12th, Saturday evening. Um, and you can see that on Fet Life or on the AIS web group. You can also come to the uh, NLA Columbus slash AIS um, New Year's Eve bash, blowout bash, that's going to be on, obviously, New Year's Eve at an undisclosed location here in Columbus. And so, you know, AIS is constantly active, and we are we are always having fun at what we're doing. If you're interested in joining us for a, uh, a more social evening, the second Friday of every month we do a uh, what we call a perversion diversion. We divert from actually uh, doing anything kinky, and we meet in a vanilla setting with all our friends just to have a great time. This uh, next this next uh, PD on December the 11th is going to be held at uh, the Eight Ball Ball and Billiards up on Morse Road, and it's you know five dollar donation to uh, pay for the tables and the music, and you know it's 50 or 60 of your friends having a great time in a relaxed vanilla setting and uh, slapping some balls around and having a great time. <laughs> Fantastic, good deal. So I know we're looking forward to this stuff. We always have a great time when we go to AIS events. Well, we, I'm really looking forward to one over this. We I understand you guys got a Twitter account too now. Absolutely, we have a, we have a, we have several different ways of contacting us. Um, our Twitter account is uh, AIS underscore ORG. Um, we also have a uh, we're on FetLife at uh, um, FetLife Groups. Uh, I think it's 1913. Or you can just link off of mine or uh, Sheba's. Sheba's is uh, Brett underscore Sheba, and mine is just Barak B A R A K on Fet Life, and you just look us up. You can also check our web group out um, or our our uh, website, which is www.adventuresinsexuality.org, one word, and it's uh, it's a great time. We got a lot of wonderful kinky stuff going on here in Columbus. If you have feedback or comments or want to contact us for any reason, um, we can, you can contact us at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org.
there's a form on the website that you can use at bluecatservices.org. Our voicemail number is 206-309-0054. Um, we run the FetLife uh, Fet group Erotic Awakening, and you can be you can reach us at Twitter at Dan and Don. Okay, that was good. Now let's try it without the nipple clamps. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dawn, why in the world would we need to do a podcast about people that are geeky and kinky? And and does that even make sense? I've seen Revenge of the Nerds. Mm -hmm. Are you telling me those people are getting their freak on? They could be. I've seen some of them, yes, more than likely. (laughs) And we've noticed since we were doing, we've been doing munches the past 10 years, there is actually quite a big crowd of kinky and geeky. I seem to recall one of the very first parties you ever went to was not at a BDSM event. It was mm-hmm. not at a kink event. It was not at a swing club. It was at a comic book convention. Mm-hmm. So, and they seem to spring up there. That's the first place I heard of them happening. And, so. I, and I guess it wasn't really a comic book convention, but it certainly was a geek convention. It was one of the cons. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of... Uh, during the daytime, a lot of people playing D&D and GURPS right. and right. Munchkins and whatever else. Mm-hmm. And at night, there were more people playing D&D and GURPS and Munchkins. But there was the occasional play party as well. Right. Dragon Con, for that matter, one of the very big conventions, mm-hmm. is a very kinky convention from what I've been told. Now, not, yeah. not along the lines of a Winter Wickedness Right. Or a, uh, sensations in leather. It is not a kink-based event. Right. It just so happens. It's in it, the background. It appears if you bring a bunch of kinky people together. They'll find things to do. <laughs> <laughs> so why when I was younger and a geek, was I not getting laid? Why was I always the guy that listened to the pretty girl's problems? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> now, I'm making up for it now. Let's, let's That's be honest. Sure. As it happens, one of the FetLife groups out there that is the of the top five in volume is kinky and geeky and that's what kind of alerted us to say wow we really should pay paying a little bit of attention to this so we're not the only kinky and geeky people (laughs) and you know and some of it just makes such obvious crossover use for example the use of role play absolutely and we've noticed that now and let's you know out ourselves a little bit (laughs) you know we are larpers yeah. We put on our little elf ears and run around in the woods with and smack, our boppers and smack smack each other. monsters and packets <laughs> full of bird seed. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done our share of table topping too. And we've done our absolutely true. And you know, some of our hotter scenes are role play based scenes. Wow. We saw a, a wonderful <laughs> presentation by Deb Eddington years ago about oh, yeah. role play and dressing up like a pirate and the mm-hmm. pirate takes the the naughty wench and you know bringing all the energy into it and using the the drama theater and and stuff like that and you know that's what we do with larping and it very it crosses over very well yep the uh the creativity Mm -hmm. that a lot of 
people associate with the more geeky crowd is very useful in the kinky crowd as well. I mean, mm -hmm. how many times do you really want to be flogged in the same Florentine manner over and over again? Not you. You're a slut. <laughs> the answer is, uh, you know, the, infinitely. But your average person might want to see some variety, see some different I'd stuff. I'd love to dress up like the winch and have the dress ripped off and thrown up on the cross and lashed for naughty behavior. <laughs> That's a podcast in itself. As it happened, we were very uh, uh, fortunate. We sat down with KW Geek, and he did a wonderful job of filling us in a little bit about the different fantasy and television and that Japanese big eye porn. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> and, of course, your favorite. Tentacle sex. Tentacle sex, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> You tell me I'm a great lover, but you often think of me as not squiddy enough. <laughs> today, and today we are talking to a geek. Specifically, we are talking to KW Geek. Are you there, KW? Yes, I am. Okay, and are you a geek? I am 100% uh, a geek. Well, well, tell me, let's start with what makes a person a geek. Um... Uh... Well, just to say, first off the bat, there's many definitions of a geek. The one that I personally go by is a person who is particularly passionate about a particular interest to the point of almost obsession. It's literally, he's thrown himself, like my body and soul, into that interest. Not to say that they're interested, because that's just the way I see it. Uh, I have friends who say, if you ask them what they think a geek is, they would probably give you something that would be a similar uh, answer, but also be quite different. Okay, so what makes a kinky geek? Hmm. Well, what makes a kinky geek is, I think there's the whole thing about uh, people that are kinky like myself, I have an interest in BDSM, I am uh, have an interest in learning uh, some things about bondage, but right now I'm basically sticking with my plastic wrap and my, uh, was it, my restraints I've bought, and uh, I'm just basically going, there's, there's a crossover, but I'm going, a lot of, uh, the, a lot of people that I know that are kinky and geeky, there is some crossover, but sometimes there's no crossover whatsoever. Like, a person can be kinky, but not geeky. A person can be geeky, but not kinky. But when a person is both kinky and geeky, it's like double the pleasure. <laughs> double the pleasure, double the fun. <laughs> yeah, because, like, let's put it this way. Uh, one of my geeky interests is in Dungeons and Dragons, or as some people commonly know it, it as role-playing. And role-playing in the gaming format is very, very non-erotic. But in kinky society, in kinky communities, role-playing is very, very erotic. And well, it depends what kind of character you create on D&D. &D. <laughs> it can be a little erotic, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, and, and not to say that there it can't be any... Like I've, I know of a few people I've I've listened to I've on the uh, was it web forum that I uh, currently mo monitor. 
uh, it's on FetLife. It's probably you. It's one of the largest on FetLife right now. Uh, Kinky and Geeky on FetLife.com. Uh, I've there's discussions popping up all the time about how people uh, incorporate uh, sex and eroticism and their kinks and their fetishes into role playing. You you hear about people? Was it tying up uh, the uh, the uh, the the princess that they just uh, rescued from the dragon and had their way with her? It's just yay. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't recall that from that Disney movie I saw, but um, yeah. It, but it's funny that you say that because it, it strikes me that the first time that I ever knew there was a play party in the town I lived in, it wasn't at the local dungeon. And it wasn't mm-hmm. at the local swing club, but it was at the local gaming convention. And, you know, we uh fortunate, if you like that kind of stuff, right here in central Ohio, we have a, fairly, a fair number of large gaming conventions. And like I said, the very first party we ever came across was at one of these gaming conventions. So do you think a lot of people get their start in kinky life from the crossover from the geeks? Do they start off at these you know, going to a comic book convention and finding out that there's a small party in room 14A that somebody just happened to bring a flogger and and go from there. Uh, I have to say there's a good uh, there's a good possibility that there is. Uh, I personally uh, got my uh, I ventured into the kinky community from a uh, person who just happens to end up being it was in the kinky community who I also, for the longest time, was role-playing with. And then just through uh, a random like encounter at a, uh, was it a, a, a adult bookstore, video store, I basically was going and I was like going, ooh, there's a paddle on the wall. I picked it up, I looked at it. I wasn't at in the kinky community at the time and I went, okay. And then she asked me a question and go, can I ask you a question? And she goes, yeah, what is it? Switch subdom. And I'm going... Uh, switch and going, but I really haven't explored it because there was I didn't know of anybody in the if there was a community around here. I've heard of these communities, but I thought the closest community was in Toronto. And she went, oh no no, there's a community right here in your own backyard. And she gave me instructions to the local munch, and it's been th- almost three years going now, and I've been involved with my community. Very cool. Yeah. Do you see, um, and you're gonna have to pronou- you're gonna have to tell me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but do you see the hentai as it's the a- ultimate mix of kinky and geeky? Well, hentai, as I've learned to pronounce it, is. Uh, I'll tell you what. Start off by telling our, our listeners that don't know what it, hentai is, what it is. Okay. Uh, everybody, I'm pretty much uh, is familiar with the standard comic books. Uh, that we have in North America, like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Marvel, like X-Men, all those comic books. Well, over in Japan, they have uh, comic books very similar to what we have, although they don't call them comics. They call them manga. Manga are basically like comic books, but they're more similar to what you've find novels, because over in Japan, manga is read by everyone. 
there's no social stigma to reading manga over in Japan like there is in North America here. Hentai is basically the an offshoot of manga which basically incorporates sex and comic books together. Sex is and I'm talking about anything sexual like fetish, kink, vanilla, you name it, it's probably incorporated in hentai in some form or fashion. From what I've like in the a couple of the uh hentai t- uh, titles that I've got uh the two I can think of right off the to- top of my head is uh, Voice of Submission, which is, if anybody ever gets a chance to read it, very, very, uh, has a lot of fetish play in it, and one of the more popular known, and I think very well known, is uh, The Bondage Fairies, which... Yay! It's done, so I'm guessing you're familiar with uh, Bondage Fairies then? bondage fairies <laughs> <laughs> yeah well bondage fairies is hmm. if you guys were to uh your listeners were to google it you'll probably now be warned you'll be is uh was it uh bombarded with like spam and porn and like you wouldn't believe but bondage fairies is basically the standard Adventures of two woodland fairies and their misadventures in sex. And I don't know, it's just, it's really hard to describe, but those are the two titles that I've read, and they're really, and, but it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but their sex and hentai are, are common in, commonplace. I seem to recall coming across a picture, and I don't know if these are the famous bondage fairies. It might be other bondage fairies, but I seem to recall <laughs> seeing one of these bondage fairies being, well, let's uh, be blunt about it, being fucked by a large spider. Yes. <laughs> and I remember looking at that and saying, well, that's a really strange thing. And uh, I was going to ask Dawn's opinion about it, but she was uh, um, <laughs> indisposed at that point because she rather found that and then we find out the whole tentacle sex, and that's probably going to be a show all on its own. <laughs> well, if you ever do a, a show on tentacle sex, I'm willing to uh, discuss, give you my thoughts on it. <laughs> but uh, basically, yeah, uh, one thing I will say, though, is uh, now I will say this. The Bondage Fairies uh, store, a series of comics does incorporate basically these Woodland fairies having sex with various woodland animals. <laughs> Do you ever think to yourself when you're perhaps in, you know, I, I don't know what you do, but I'm just going to make up a story anyway. <laughs> when you're walking out of a comic book store with a really good find and maybe the latest uh, action figure or a new copy or a new box set of munchkins or whatever, you know, and, and the local jocks are like, oh, look at that geek. Do you ever think to yourself, I tie people up and fuck them. That's what being a geek is for me, you know. And yeah. you get leaders drunk and hope to get lucky. <laughs> or am I the only kind of person that thinks that way? Well, I just have one thing to say. 
someone calls me a geek, I'm going to go just look at them, smile, and go, thank you very much, because I've had a lot of people within the geek community in my area use this term, and I think it's widely known now, geek is chic. Hey guys, this is Kinky. And the Geek. From Kinky and the Geek. Uh, for your weekly dose of your two favorite things, give us a listen. Well, hide your sex toys. <laughs> be good. Or be good at it. Bye-bye. on Erotic Awakening, Free by White Knight, Strawberry Jam by Jerry Bradley, and Wanda by 31D1 is provided from the Podshow Podsafe Network. More information can be found at music.podshow.com.